Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on the Thought Leader Podcast, we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think, they're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about, and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics. All right, without further ado... So nice to talk with you, Doc. How should we refer to you? Doctor, Dr. Latarsha, Dr. Holden. Whichever one is fine. Doc, Dr. Holden, Latarsha, you know, yeah. I heard I heard the southern accent, so I figured I could call you Doc. My dad's yeah. an, an MD, so everybody always called him Doc or <laughs> Doc Dr. Ed or whatever. Yeah. So Oh, awesome. I have a special affinity with the name Holden. My very first car was a Holden. Which was uh, okay. an Australian car. Um, so I went out and earned some money and bought my first car. It was a Holden, and um, yeah, I loved it. So uh, I have an affinity with your surname. Oh, awesome. Cool. So tell me a little bit about yourself, where you hail from, and what you think. Okay. Well, I'm born and raised here in Atlanta, Georgia. This has been home now, be 49 years next year. I mean, next week. But within the within the last 12, 14 years, I'm best known for my empowering story that is reaching people all around the world. I went from being homeless in the streets of Atlanta with six kids. I only had a GED, um, very little work history, and I had um, six kids. So I went from being homeless with six children to changing the trajectory of our lives. I started running for city council in the 2017 election, went from a GED to a doctorate in leadership studies. And now I'm a 14-time published author. And as you see the poster behind me, I released my first comic book last year. He's been busy. Love that. Yes. So the comic, so, all right. So this is, so I love, love the story. And I, I why don't we, let's go right to the good stuff. <laughs> you, you already, you, you invited us in. So now we can go, go yes. deep. So I had a, a client once, um, I always tell this story, but just the most inspiring person who'd been injured and, Fallujah, and and then ended up uh, running Ironmans with uh, with uh, his uh, fake leg. But the most inspiring story, Eric McIlvaney, you should check out his story. But the core of his story, the way he brings people in, is not. You know what? I I can't I can't identify with being injured like that. Mm-hmm. But I can in, identify with at the very end of the marathon, after the swim in the ocean, after the really long bike ride. He gave up and he sat down in the middle of the asphalt and somehow he he stood back up and put that leg on and finished and it was a really inspiring story so for me what i'm curious about is what's the piece that i can identify right off the bat about your story well you know i think uh as an ordained minister the first thing i do i pose a question first what happens when your struggle outlasts your strength As humans, we all can go through something for a couple of days, weeks, months. But what happens when it becomes years and it seems there's no help in sight? To be homeless for four years, I'm an African-American woman, to be homeless for four years in a big city like Atlanta with a GED at 35 years old 
with six kids and very little work history, the odds were stacked against me. You know, I didn't even know where to start to the liberation process for my family. But the first thing I did was I made a vow that the streets was not going to raise my children nor the jails was going to house them. So for me, I taught them the principles of servant leadership. Now, at that time, guys, I didn't have I didn't have anything else to offer. I didn't have any. I, I wasn't someone that was a part of influential family or had connections or, you know, uh, resources. But the only thing I had to my possession was the key was service to others. So about 13 years ago, I came to my older, my six children, especially the older for it. And at that time, I had two kids in high school, two kids in middle school and two kids in elementary school. So mentally, I was if people could understand the mental shift was almost unbearable just as being homeless. The mental shift was almost what drove me. But the first thing I did, I tried to figure out a way that I can save my six children from the school to prison pipeline. Drugs, gangs. I really didn't know. I mean, what I'm going to do? 35 years old, and here I am going off the little information that I have learned throughout that up to that time. But I taught them how to give back, and out of me showing my six children how the principles of serving leadership, they turned around and became leaders. Um, they retired military, military college students, authors, entrepreneurs. Um, went into the medical field as EMTs and licensed pharmacy tech. And so that was the first thing for me. I think when your back is against the wall, you had a final flight. And at that point, when my back was against the wall, I knew I had to do something to change the trajectory. And in 2007, when I was living in a board-up house as a squatter, I decided to go back to school. Now, here I am, a 10th grade high school dropout. I'm 35 years old. And my thought while I was homeless, I got to do something. And I went back to the last place that I gave up. And so... I enrolled in Beulah Heights. At that time, it was Bible College in 2007. I enrolled in Beulah Heights Bible College. I went shaking like a leaf. I didn't know what they were doing. I ain't been to nobody's school since I was 15 years old. And so, and that began the journey of transforming our lives. Such a moving story. I, I mean, the, the image that speaks most to me is the, the boarded up house. But what I think is amazing is that you were the education for your children. Yes. You were the rock. You were the mentor. You were So where did you build that up from? Was it grandparent, a parent, teachers, was it your Where did you find that? Where did where did that start within you? You know what? I think for me that's why the mental shift got hard. And before I get into that, I want to explain for me to get to that point. The mental shift got so hard of being homeless, the rejection, the shame, the the family members talking and laughing at you. And um, I remember walking to a hospital here because now my mental health is starting to work. I walked into a hospital here in Riverdale, Georgia. I remember going through the glass doors. I went to a lady at the desk. I was not raised in the church. So I went to a lady at the desk. I said, ma'am, I don't think I could do this anymore. She said, ma'am, are you saying you want to commit suicide? I said, yes, ma'am. They kept me for a week for observation. And on that floor, they had a padded room. And I asked the lady at the desk, I said, ma'am, can I go into that room? She said, ma'am, you're no threat to anybody. I said, I know, but I need to go in there. And every day I was there for that week, I would go into that room and I would drop down to my knees and cry out, God, are you there? Please help me. I don't have anything. I'm scared and I'm lost. After a week, they released me from the hospital 
all those things did not immediately turn around, I knew something was different. And before I knew I had matriculated through college with my AA, my BA, my MBA. But guys, when I got sent into the PhD program for leadership study, now I did want to bunny jump up to heaven and high five my man. That was, I had no mentors. But one thing I did while we was homeless, I chose three women that I wanted to go into. I chose Corella Scott King, Felicia Rashad, and Michelle Obama. They became my silent mentors. I kind of studied their life. I saw how they dressed. I saw how they carried themselves. So I was training myself on how to be the woman I want to be while pouring into my children. And it was hard. I mean, you got to think, I'm trying to keep these people from the gangs, drugs, the school, the prison pipeline, keep them in power. I'm pointing to them, the little that I had, while really I felt like I was mentally drowning. So I'll ask you one more question, then I'll push you across the table because Randy likes, he <laughs> likes when I do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. But the thing about your story that, I don't want to say troubles me, but the thing that troubles me is how can someone follow you in a simple way. So I love Coretta, Coretta Scott King. Wow. What a, I mean, the, the images I have in my mind of her, right. Mm-hmm. And just immediately power, right. Mm-hmm. Michelle Obama changed fashion. She yeah. changed how to be all of it. Just yes. incredible icon. And who is it? Oh, Facilio Facil- Rashad. Facil- she's on a new Facil- show. Yes. She's on a, a new show. Or no, she's the head of a, that's what it is. She's the head um, of a, um, the art program at, um, the art dean, she's a dean, I think, at the of the right. Yeah, at one of so the for me, for me, what I'm wondering is, can you design your life, even if you're 35, you got nothing, you've got six kids that you love, but that's it. Can you design your life? Can you design your business, even if you have nothing? And how do you do it very specifically? Well, what I would like, I do have a training work manual. Um, that I do facilitate class that I've implemented at the Atlanta Urban League. My thing is first to ch- uh, to change to help people change the mindset. My undergrad professor told the class that the world belongs to those who are disciplined. So while I was homeless, I had to learn the art of discipline. To go from a high school dropout, four kids by the time I was 22, I wasn't disciplined. I wasn't organized. So for me, if I can teach people the principles of servant leadership, the the basic principles that will help them because a lot of times we don't have the principles that are needed and internal in place that will set someone to start the process of changing trajectory for their lives. So I think my story is kind of, it's different, but I can teach the servant leadership principles and try to, you know, share the mental steps that I took and what things I had to cut out in order to move forward. You're a very interesting person, Doc. So you went from GED to PhD. You went homeless to last year being awarded Mother of the Year. You went from poverty to success. So what I would like to explore right now is is your. uh, I'm the business geek side of our relationship so i'd like to explore your relationship with money because you must have learned something significant along the way to be honest um i i really did i think now i'm at the point you got i was still in survival mode so for me 12 years that's i didn't i didn't have mentors with money i didn't have i didn't really everything i've done and this is i've had some people say it sounds so 
bizarre. It got to be some. I'm I'm telling people the exact how it happened. I just learned, like I said, I learned the art of discipline. So I learned how to cut off. So money, no, I didn't. I didn't have the money. I'm just now getting to where I'm starting a business, where I'm doing motivational speaking. But the prior 12 years, I've been building. I've been making my last child just graduate from high school. So it's almost like I was in survival mode. But as I was in survival mode, I was making moves. Like, for instance, I wrote 12 books within a year and a half. I did not have the money to market any books. I didn't know anybody that can be my publisher, my PR. I just learned how to self-publish and I would put the book to the side. And then I'll put the book to the side. And when 12 years come out, here, here I am coming out with this story. I was a 12-time published author. I was a city council candidate. And when I ran for city council, I was the underdog in the race. Everybody else was either well-connected, and I did very good in that race, although I did not win the physical seat, I did very good with the numbers. But I took my last $700 that I had saved to get into the race. I think a lot of things I was moving out of passion hmm. And out of purpose. I had learned how to chase purpose and not perfection. I think a lot of times people don't get started because they're waiting for the time to be perfect. And if I would have waited, come on, to enroll in college, living in a border house with kids, with no resources, the time definitely was not perfect for me to start. I think a lot of times people don't start because they feel the time isn't perfect. So now you're doing, you're doing speaking, you've spoken at schools and done some keynote speeches. You've obviously been on a lot of television programs. You, you're starting to become known. How are you designing your business around that, that uh, what shall we call it, that reputation? I think my story, I am the story. So it's as a motivational speaker, and I'm still in the strategic plan. As you see the banner behind me, I started a business last year called Phoenix Rising. Mm-hmm. While it's built on three principles, leadership, power, um, personal development, and empowerment. So I just released my first leadership book last year for emerging and aspiring leaders in ministry and marketplace to teach the foundational that people need in order to be effective leaders from foundational leadership, the power of personal development, how to sustain yourself in your public life and in your personal life. When I was homeless, I had to hold a certain level of integrity, you know, because when you're back and not to say I don't care who you are, when your back is against the wall, the thoughts will come and the thoughts came, you know, but I still had to maintain a level of integrity before my kids. Because one thing I know my older son said when he was in the Marines, he said, one thing I think we turned out so well, you didn't tell us what to do. And we saw you do something different. If you said don't do this, you weren't doing it. So I think a lot of times as leaders and parents, the leadership really starts in the home, not in the boardroom. Not ministry, it starts in a home. And when the kids, so for me, yeah, I hope, I, I'm just so full, Randy. So when you ask, I'm just pouring out. But for me, I'm strategizing my business around my story, but I'm also implementing, I just released a mini parenting guide. So I can, so I'm like writing books so I can share nuggets to and wisdom to help others that come in behind me or in those similar situations. I love the, the model leadership. Now, I, I've never heard, I've worked with all kinds of speakers, never heard anyone talk about what you said about your son. That really moves me. I'm not sure why, but the fact that it's like, mom, when we had nothing, you told us to do stuff, but you did it too. Yeah. That's leadership. And that moves me. That, that, that almost gets my goosebumps going up. That's, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. I also loved when you talked about making moves 
Yes. You know, it's like, okay, I, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm, there's nothing I can do. Is it, no, you could you can make a move. Might be the wrong one. You could do something. Do something. And you spoke of something that's very near and dear to me, which is you need to do things with purpose. You need to be purpose, purposeful. It's purpose that gets you to the end so that you know exactly what it is you're trying to achieve and you, you take action purposefully. I love that. Yeah, and a lot of people get thrown off. See, I think why people get thrown off with purpose, they feel if it's not celebrity status, if I'm not the hooper, if I'm not the singer, I, you can be, I told my kids, I don't care what you are, as long as you're not a menace to society, I will back, you could be the best, because gen- everybody is needed. The janitor is needed. The maid is needed. Everybody, all of us are needed. You just be the best person that you can. My oldest son, he'll be 32 tomorrow. He served 10 and a half years in Marines. He's medically retired. He just graduated last year with his associates in business. You know, then another child came, a caretaker. My oldest daughter, she's an EMT, a licensed pharmacy tech, a senior in college. Another daughter joined the Army three years ago. She graduated last year with her bachelor's. My 20-year-old daughter, she has turned 20. She's a four-time published author, serial entrepreneur. She just released a tabletop game for children. And guys, my last child, Omega, I named him because he's the last in the end. There's no more <laughs> him. He just graduated from high school, but he's a youth leader. So although I didn't have money to give my children, I didn't come from an influential family, I gave them the keys of servant leadership. And to me, and that's when I got the call last year that I became Georgia and National Mother of the Year by America Inc. It was just an 85-year-old national organization that started 86 years ago now around the President Eisenhower time. His wife and other women of that era started to celebrate women all around the world, and they would receive nominations from each state. They would choose somebody to represent that state, but once they chose the person to represent their individual 50 states, they would go on to choose one of us to be National Mother of the Year, and I made United States history last year as the 85th woman to ever hold that title. Wow. So I think... There's not much else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we might yeah. have time, but man, Doc, you're a very interesting person. You've done some amazing things, and I, I really applaud the way that you've been able to create a life for your family, for your kids particularly, and, and get them on the right path and get them achieving such amazing stuff it's an awesome story Um, yeah and they all really it sounds like each one of them has the concept of strategic thinking not just servant leadership but strategic thinking in mind which is just a wonderful gift from anybody so where can folks find you uh, online and elsewhere you got so much uh, going on yes well you can find me on linkedin instagram and facebook all of my books are available on amazon and my website. If you want an autographed copy, you can order from my website. I would love to send you out an autographed copy at info. Or you can email me if you want an empowerment coaching session at latarshaholden at yahoo.com. And I would just love to mention my nine-year-old grandson became a published author last year before Christmas. So now my Wonderful. children starting to... Well, now you got to what's so you got to say what the the title of his of his book is. Now that's got me intrigued. Yes, his book is called The Boy because I always refer to him like, "What's the boy doing?" You know, we got that relation. I didn't like him <laughs> the first two years because I was tired of that little kid. So, um, but he wrote his first little book called The Boy, explaining who he is and sharing stuff about him. And so, I love so, that. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us. This has been a real pleasure. You are uh, just wonderful to wonderfully inspiring to listen to and uh, makes me want to go out and, and make the world a better place. Is there any way you guys can oh, I say screenshot this? I like to keep since it's going to be video for me. Uh, sure. Yeah, why not? Here, let me do a screenshot of us. Everybody smile. Ready? <laughs> Three, two, one. There, I got a screenshot. Yeah, I'll put everything in the portfolio so my kids and grandkids and everybody, when I'm gone, they can look back and see who I've met over the years. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So thank you again. Thank you, guys. This has been such a wonderful conversation today. It was surprising, it was intriguing, it was interesting, and this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the Thought Leader podcast, and we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue. Or you can visit our, our website. Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com, and at the top you'll see a little button that says take the assessment. In one minute you can take the assessment and get a response from us, we'll read everyone. All right, take care, have a good life, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.